All right, Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20, beginning at verse 12. It's a short verse. It's a short commandment. The Bible says, Yahweh says through Moses, Honor your father and your mother so that you may have a long life in the land that Yahweh, your mighty one, is giving you. May Yahweh bless His word to our hearts today. In the lessons on the first four of the Ten Commandments, we've looked at commandments that apply in our relationship between us and Almighty Yahweh. There is some overlap. For example, the Sabbath commandment does apply to our relationship with Yahweh, but it also applies to our interaction with human beings. But for the most part, the first four commandments teach us how to love Yahweh. If you're interested in wanting to know better how to love Yahweh, study the first four of the Ten Commandments. We will worship Him how He desires. He will be our final authority or our primary authority. We won't take His name in vain. We'll remember to rest on the day that He's sanctified. We come today to the fifth commandment concerning honoring our father and our mother. And this begins a set of commandments that deal with our relationship with each other. Whereas the first four deal vertically, the last six primarily deal horizontally. This does not mean that these last six commandments are not about loving Yahweh. All commandment keeping, no matter what commandment it is, shows our love towards the Heavenly Father. It's just that these last six commandments deal primarily with person-to-person interaction. How we treat other people. How we love our neighbor as ourself. Loving your neighbor does not mean that you have these warm, fuzzy feelings towards your neighbor. Loving your neighbor doesn't mean that you love what they believe. Or that you love their life choices or their lifestyle. Christians sometimes get bent out of shape when they hear me say that we're supposed to love all of our neighbors. Your atheist neighbor, love them. Your Muslim neighbor, love them. Your gay neighbor, love them. People get upset when I make such statements because they are equating love with an affirmation of the life choices of an individual. And that's not what love is. Love is not an affirmation that I agree with what you believe or what you practice. Love is keeping the commandments of Yahweh. 1 John 5 verse 3. No more, no less. So let's use our atheist neighbor for example. We are to love them. That means that we are to respect them as a human being an image bearer of the Creator. That means we are to speak kindly to them. We don't murder them or harm them. We don't steal from them. If they have a spouse, we don't cheat with their spouse. We don't falsely accuse them of something. We don't covet what belongs to them. All of that is loving our atheist neighbor. You love your atheist neighbor by how you interact with them. And I will add in hopes that through your love, through your commandment keeping towards them, they will come to believe in Yahweh and Yeshua. Yeshua says that the world is supposed to know His disciples by our love that we have. Not just for one another, but for all of our neighbors. And if your atheist neighbor or your Muslim neighbor, or your gay neighbor, or your 
neighbor that's addicted to drugs, if they do not receive love from you as a disciple of Yeshua, then they will look for love from a disciple of the devil. We are where people should see love. And this intro is a segue into the first commandment that deals with one way that we love our neighbor. We honor our father and our mother. Our mom and dad are our neighbor. Well, absolutely. But be honest, you don't normally think of a parent as your neighbor. You think of them as daddy and mama. But they are your neighbor. They are actually some of your closest neighbors. The hardest people to love are those who are closest to us. Because when you get close to someone, you start to see all of their flaws. You meet someone for the first time and you're like, yeah, it's easy for me to love them. They're so nice. They're so friendly. They're so outgoing. They don't even get mad. But then you spend a week, a month, a year, or multiple years with the same person and the real person comes out to play. (laughs) And this is when we really see if we have love. Love bears all things. Love never fails. Our family, our parents, our spouse, our children, our siblings, they are our closest neighbors. And loving your neighbor begins with loving your family. Loving your neighbor begins with loving and honoring your mom and your dad. When a person or a nation of people stops honoring those who have already lived before them, they are asking for trouble. When you don't see your parents or your elders as worthy of respect, get ready for chaos to take place. Your parents are not perfect, and neither are you when it's your turn. Stop making perfection the criteria for honor. People make mistakes, people sin, and when someone asks forgiveness and repents, you are required, you are commanded to forgive them. And always give them the love that you are commanded to give. Your parents have already walked in your shoes. They've already been each age that you are and will be. No matter how old you get, you hit 10, 20, 30, 40, 50. They've been there. They've done that. They've got the t-shirt. They've been through all of that. No matter how old you get, your mama and daddy have already lived life through your age. So they know what it's like. And it is plumb stupidity for you to think that you cannot learn from someone who has already lived through and experienced life at your age. So, the older that I get, the more I respect my parents. I don't just respect them for my Christian upbringing or for teaching me to believe in the Holy Bible or for taking me to church every week. Yes, those are things that I respect them for. I'm very grateful for those things. But I respect them simply because they are my parents. It is becoming more and more accepted to dishonor your parents or dishonor the elderly. They're old. They don't know what they're talking about. They don't keep up with the times. That's not biblical. Biblical is this. Listen, my son, to your father's instructions and don't reject your mother's teaching. For they will be a garland of grace on your head and a gold chain around your neck. Proverbs 1, 8-9. through 9. 
Younger people are always to respect older people. I'm almost 38 years old and the command to honor my parents still applies to me now just as much as it did when I was 10. I have not lived with my parents for a long time. They no longer take care of me or provide for me. They haven't for a long time. I'm a grown man with five children. Two of my children have grown up and gotten married and I have one grandchild. But the commandment to honor my father and mother still applies to me as an old man, older man. If I'm at my dad's house and he says, Son, can I get you to help me with something? I help him. I don't look at him and say, Well, I'm older now, Dad. I don't live here. Can't you get it by yourself? No, that's disrespectful. I do what my dad asks. Same with Mama. If Mama needs me to move something heavy, I move it for Mama. I don't say I'm too tired. I don't say i got to leave. I move it for Mama because she's Mama. Not long ago, my grandfather, my granddaddy, asked me if I would stay overnight with him in the hospital. There's only one answer to that question, and that answer is, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I was raised to talk with respect to my parents and my grandparents. I was raised to say, yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, and no, sir, and no, ma'am. I was raised to have a hickory switch come across my calves if I disrespected my parents or my grandparents. Grandmama made me pick my own hickory switch and I better pick a good one because if I didn't pick one that was good, she was going to pick one for me and switch my calves with her hickory. She had a hickory bush and we knew the hickory bush meant business. I was raised not to talk back or what we call in the South, sass. I was raised to respect people older than me simply by virtue of the fact that they were older. Let's talk about what the Scriptures say, branching off of the fifth commandment in Exodus 20, verse 12. Exodus 21, verses 15 and 17 says this, that a person who hits their parent is worthy of death. It also says that a person who curses their mom or their dad is worthy of death. Those are crimes in Yahweh's eyes. We might think that such a penalty does not fit the crime, but it doesn't matter what we think. It only matters what Yahweh says. He sees fifth commandment violation as a capital crime worthy of capital punishment. Leviticus 19 verse 32 says that we are to stand up to honor the gray hair of an old man. As people get older, their hair color changes. Amen, Brother Jerry? Amen, Amen, Brother Rocket? (laughs) Frankie's starting to get there. Gray hair is the sign of an elder, an old man. Proverbs 20, verse 29 says that the beauty of old men is the gray head. So when somebody says something about your gray hair, say, this is beautiful. This is my beauty. An elder walks into the room... Or into our presence, we're supposed to rise up, stand up to honor them. We stand up for them because they've lived for a long time. Gray hair is the sign of many miles on a pair of feet. Those feet have walked around for a long time. Their hands are rough. They work for many years. 1 Timothy 5 verse 1 says, Don't rebuke an older man, but exhort him as a father. I love the New Living Translation. Here it says, Never speak harshly to an older man, but appeal to him respectfully as you would your own father. Us younger people should not talk to elders 
like we talk among ourselves. Even when we think an elder is wrong, we should appeal to him and treat him with great respect. Never in rebuke and never in harshness. There is a way to properly discuss with an elder. There is a way to sit still and to be quiet and wait our turn while an old man or elderly woman speaks. They get to talk first. They get the first seat. They get first in line. 1 Timothy 5 verse 3 says to support widows who are genuinely widows. Paul goes on to explain that a genuine widow is at least 60 years old. An elderly woman who has first been faithful to Yahweh and secondarily faithful to the church, she should be supported or honored financially. First by her children, and if she has no children, by the church. She's worked for others her whole life. So now it's time that we work for her. This is where the concept of senior discounts comes from. They get a discount because they've been living for a long time. They've been using their money longer than me. They've bought and bought and bought, so now it's time for them to get a break. Senior discounts is one way to honor the elderly. Now you see all this clearly as you get older. You realize some of it when you are younger, even as a kid. If you're 16 years old and you have a sibling half your age at 8 years old, you expect your parents to treat you differently than the 8-year-old. You expect to have more privilege. You expect the 8-year-old to even respect you at 16. Why? Because you're older. With age comes respect. I remember when I had one child then two, then three, then five, four, then five. And now I have a grandson. But the more that Tisha and I had to train and instruct our children, the more that we had to be adults, to work hard, to pay bills, to change diapers, to take care of all the problems, to take care of sick kids, to rush children to the emergency room, to worry to do all the other things. The more we had to do all that, the more I was thankful for Mama and Daddy. I did not show the appreciation that I should to my parents until I got older. And I called them up one day and went and sat in their living room and apologized for all the hell that I had put them through and thanked them for everything that they've done for me. There's been times in my life when I did not realize all the sacrifices my parents made. I did not know that my dad drove a school bus for a Christian school so that he could afford to send me to a Christian school. I didn't know that one of the reasons that Mama taught school for so long was so that I would be able to go to a Christian school. I didn't know those things. I didn't know the sacrifices that my parents made. We were not wealthy when I was a little boy. We had stuff, but we didn't have much stuff. I remember I used to hate it after church because everybody would go out to eat and Dad would always say, no, we can't go out to eat. I didn't realize it then, but we didn't have money to. I didn't know any different. I had a great childhood. My parents did right by me. 
There's been times when I did not realize all the sacrifices they made. You just don't realize it until you get older and you start having to make sacrifices. Until you stop depending on someone else to take care of you and you start taking care of yourself. Then you begin to realize. I'm not even sure you have the ability to understand how much goes into being an adult and into parenting until it's your turn to experience it. There is only one exception to disobeying your parents or your elders, and that's if they attempt to command you to sin. Anytime we deal with submission to authority, whether it be to the church, to elders in the church, to elder people, to your parents, to the government, we are required to submit unless it violates the commandments of Yahweh. So, if an elder or a parent brings or attempts to bring harm on others or maybe harm on their self because they're older and they don't realize it, in that case, we must do what is righteous and not honor in that case. And in a way, it still is honoring to them. But in all other cases, we are to submit. Whether we agree or not, submit. Whether they're right or wrong, submit. If you don't feel like doing what they ask, do it anyways. Submit. They're your parents. They're your authority. Submit. If we only submit when we think it's right, then it's not submission. Submission is seen most clearly when we disagree with the authority, but they're not trying to bring harm on themselves or others, but we submit because they are righteous authority. That's when submission is most seen. I want to say this. People today will hear this sermon in the future. will hear this sermon watching it or listening to it. I know that some people have not had good parents. And I'm sorry for that. I'm not here to bring up bad memories or experiences in your, li- in your life. But no matter who you are, somebody, someone older than you, stepped in and helped you as a child. And a parent does not have to be biological. A parent is whoever steps in and does the work. It might be a grandparent. It might be an adoptive father or mother. It might be a counselor. It might be a pastor. Someone guided you and helped you as a child. And honor them. Parents make mistakes. I was able to parent a lot better when I submitted to the fact that I was going to make mistakes. When I was a lot younger, I didn't like the thought of me making mistakes as a parent. And I thought I had everything figured out. Two, three, four years old, five years old, I got this in the bag, I got this whooped. I laugh now when I see parents with young children, they think they got it all situated and they got everything figured out. That used to be me. Parents make mistakes. We all make mistakes. No one is always going to do the right thing. The book of Ecclesiastes, very wise man, Brother Solomon, he said, there's not a just man on the earth that always does good and never sins. And that's Ecclesiastes 7 verse 20. If you read down in verse 29, he says, Lo, this I have found that Elohim made man upright, but they have sought out many evil schemes or many evil inventions. So we all make mistakes. Your mom and daddy, I'm sure, made some mistakes. But they're still your mom and daddy. You're honoring them and respecting them and taking care of them. When you do that for them, that's not giving them a pass on where they failed or made a mistake. 
You are not honoring them because they're perfect. You're honoring them because they're your parents. And your kids will honor you, not because you're perfect. It is age that we're honoring, not perfection. It is experience that we're honoring. It is the school of hard knocks that we're honoring. It is time that we're honoring. Now this commandment will become mega applicable when my parents reach an age or a stage in their life where they can no longer take care of themselves. There will come a day when that happens. And the roles will be reversed. I was once a little child and my dad and mom took care of me and I could not take care of myself. Think about little Bowen back there, my grandson. He's almost seven months old. And if Josiah and Morgan just left him here, he could not take care of himself at seven months. He survived because of his mama and daddy. That was all of us in here. I would have died as an infant or a toddler if my parents would not have taken care of me. I probably would have died as a teenager if they had not taken care of me. There will be a time, (laughs) there will be a time in their life when they need me like I once needed them. The older a parent gets, the more this is seen. And at that point, this commandment takes on another level. It's not that this part of the commandment has not been here. It's just that the honor must be given in a different way. You may have to bathe your mama or your daddy. You may have to feed them. You may have to make sure that they eat. You may have to sing a song to them like they used to sing a song to you. You may have to drive them to places. You may have to take them to get their hair cut. You may have to do all of the things that they can no longer do. Just like they did for you when you were little. And when that time comes, you have to forget about yourself. It's not time to take trips or worry about what you want to do. If you live far away from your parent when that time comes, it's time to move close to them or move them into your home. They need you just like you once needed them. You know, elderly people often live out their last years in isolation and loneliness. I sometimes do jobs for older people. And you can tell that they never get any company because they get excited when a dirty septic tank man walks up to their house and rings their doorbell. I had one man tell me on the phone after I told him I'd be there in the morning between 8.30 and 9 o'clock. He said, great, we're looking forward to having you. (laughs) And I was coming to work on a septic tank. (laughs) I said, I'm looking forward to being there. And you walk up and ring their doorbell and he's got a pot of coffee made and he brings out a cup of coffee for you. And it's exciting to him because he hasn't had any company. She hasn't had any company. I once had an 83-year-old man help me dig up a septic tank. He helped me pump it out, cover it back up. And when I was through, 83 years old, when I was through, he lived by himself. He said, let me get us something to drink and we'll just sit right here for a second. That's what he said. And I was busy that day. But I stayed there and I drank a glass of sweet tea with that old man. 
Because I could tell he was enjoying himself. And you know what? What is life if we don't live it to bless other people? You know what it is? It's lonely and boring if we don't live it to bless others. So what if I got behind in my schedule that day? So what? Why can't we sit on the porch and sing and talk and laugh? Why can't we do that anymore? Why can't we stop what we're doing? I remember when I had a house in Tennessee in an Amish community and I'd be outside working and getting everything ready, getting the wood chopped and things like that to put in the, the wood stove and the wood heater. And I had this brother come by and his name was Brother Dennis and he was a believer and he was a little bit messianic, but he was also a little bit Amish. And he would stop by and he'd say, hey, I just came by to see how you were doing. And I'd welcome him in and he'd sit down at the table and we would spend an hour or two talking. Some about life, some about the scriptures. And he wasn't in a hurry. He lived a simple life. He lived a life where he wasn't too busy to talk to his neighbor. I'll never forget Dennis. don't know if I'll ever see him again. But that's how this old man was. This 83-year-old man most likely worked hard most of his life. And he missed working. And so that little bit, 30 minutes to an hour work that he did for me, did with me, that excited him. He was glad to do that. Even if he couldn't work the shovel like he did when he was 33 or 23, it didn't matter. He was proud to take up that shovel. He missed having company. So we sat there and I talked to him for a good little bit. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 2 says this, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may have a long life in the land that Yahweh is giving you. A parent's instructions to children are for their good. Within the instructions are embedded blessings for the child. Obedience causes prosperity. Disobedience causes problems. This does not mean that people who obey their parents don't have any problems. It does not mean that everyone who obeys the command lives to be 120 years old. What the promise is, is that with obedience to the commandment comes a more prosperous and longer life than with disobedience, both for the child and for the parent. A parent who gets old or sick will live longer when their child is taking care of them. A child will be blessed more by paying attention to and heeding the instructions of their parent. They will have less trouble by listening to wise counsel. We learn here that commandment keeping actually earns something. There's a promise attached with this commandment. We're not earning salvation. Nobody could ever earn or merit salvation. That's what the Messiah did for us. But commandment keeping earns blessings. The blessings are not something. Catch this. This is important. The blessings are not something that comes after the commandment is kept. It's not like you keep a commandment, you sit there and you say, All right, Yahweh, send down the blessings. Like the Torah is a vending machine where you put something in and you get something out. No, the blessings are embedded inside of the commandments. So that when you keep the commandments, your life is automatically better and more blessed 
and more prosperous and more successful. Because the commandments, Deuteronomy 6 says, they're for our benefit. They're for our good. Your life will be better lived by following Yahweh's instruction manual than if you don't. So as I put this lesson together, as I close today, I had memories come up where I did not obey my mama and my daddy. Many times. Many times. I thought that I knew better than them. I rolled my eyes when they gave me instructions. I lied to them about certain situations. And I had to repent all over again. I had to stop mid-riding through the sermon and say, Oh, Yahweh, forgive me. And then this morning, and as I was putting the finishing touches on the sermon, my mama called me. When I called her back, she said it was an accident. I said, no, it wasn't. <laughs> no, it wasn't. I love you, Mama. She said, I sure do love to hear your voice. Oh, I'm so thankful for my Mama. She's a good. She's been a good Mama. The good news of the Gospel is that we can ask for forgiveness. Woo. Everybody ought to just... Whew, praise y'all. <laughs> we can ask for forgiveness and we can be forgiven. We can repent and we can do better. Meditating on the fifth commandment this week has reminded me of the need for evaluating how that I can honor my parents and how I can honor the elderly even at my adult age. And this is why we study the commandments. This is why I'm teaching this series on the commandments. Number one is because they're neglected. Number two, when we study them, it causes us to repent. Hopefully there's some things that I've talked about or some scriptures that I've read that have been brought up to the forefront of your mind and you've had to repent. If you hadn't repented, like Brother Jerry said, maybe we need to get you up here to do some repenting now because anytime that I read Yahweh's Word, I come across something that makes me repent and want to do better. We repent. We bring the law up at the forefront of our mind and our heart we're loving Yahweh with both our heart and our mind, with our emotion and our intellect. Some people only love Him with their intellect. They get all into the the specificities and the details, but they have no heart for the commandments. And then other people are just all about emotion and they don't love with their mind. But we're called to love Yahweh with both. Both our intellectual side and our emotional side. That's why we study to keep the commandments. Because we don't know everything. And we're forgetful. My goodness, He even told us last week in our sermon on the fourth commandment, in our study there, He said, remember. That's right. Remember. Because we're so apt to forget. My grandmama sings a song, Remind me, dear Lord. Remember I'm human and humans forget. Remind me. Remind me. Let us be reminded today to honor our father and our mother. More so than we ever have. Give them honor. Give them respect. Fathers, mothers, grandfathers, grandmothers, old men, old women, honor them all. Let's stand and close in a word of prayer. Yahweh, thank You for Your commandments. Forgive us where we have failed. Help us to keep them better. Thank You for our parents. Thank You for all the sacrifices that they made. Thank You, Yahweh Father, for Mama and Daddy. Thank You, Father, for them. 
help us to help us to think about it more than we ever have and help us to set examples for other people help us to love people and I pray Yahweh that people would know that we are disciples of your son by our actions and not not our words talk is so cheap help us in what we do help us in our actions I pray these things through the Messiah. Amen.